Are you stuck on where to start when it comes to getting in shape, feeling more confident in your body, or eating right? I want to break the idea that you have to stick to a diet and crazy workout routine in order to be healthy and reach your goals. Hey guys, I'm Emily Kaufman. I was a burnt out division one athlete, turned stay at home couch potato, now turned group fitness junkie. If you're ready to ditch finding the perfect diet and workout routines that make you feel weak, this is the place for you. Welcome to the tribe, Girls Gone Healthy. Hi guys, so today I have Twist here. Twist was my old college teammate and also my college roommate, so we go way back. And Twist is just an all-around stellar athlete. She got recruited in college for multiple sports, and now since retiring from both soccer and rowing, she now trains for marathons and qualified for this year's Boston Marathon, which even though unfortunately it's no longer happening, it's still an amazing accomplishment. And she's currently a personal trainer at Solid Rock Training right outside of Oklahoma City and is precision nutrition certified. So this girl knows how to get shit done when it comes to health and fitness. And now she spends her days teaching others how to do the same. So I'm so happy you're here, Twist. I'm so excited to be here and to be on Girls Gone Healthy. I'm really excited that you personally have found your passion for fitness and being healthy. And so that's just personally what I love to see in people is how they start their fitness journeys and get that spark ignited. So I'm excited to just chat and share anything. Yeah, well, thanks so much for that. Um, I kind of gave you a super broad overview of (laughs) who you are, but could you just go through your fitness background a little bit more of becoming a division one athlete and then all the way to where you are now? Absolutely. So I grew up, I played every single sport you could imagine, but I gravitated towards soccer. I played that for about 16 years. I started to get recruited for soccer, went through that whole process. And then my senior year, there was kind of an incident that happened where the coach had over-recruited, the coach of the school I'd committed to had over-recruited. And he had called me the week of Thanksgiving and was like, hey, you're not going to play all four years and you can't change my mind. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not coming to your school then. And so from there, I ended 16 years of soccer. And a week later, I started rowing because my dad had told me, hey, there's a sport where you practice two hours a day, six days a week. And I was like, sign me up because I just love anything fitness related. And so I started rowing. And then within like a month or so, my coaches were like, hey, like you should you should start getting recruited or um, contacting college coaches like they should know about you. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. That's that was a horrible process. And one thing led to another. And I ended up getting recruited to the University of Oklahoma, which if you had asked me September of my senior year of high school, if I were to commit to row in Oklahoma, I would have laughed in your face and said, no way. But um, it is the best thing that ever happened to me. And it kind of led me to believe that sometimes God's plan is better than the one you have for yourself. And so I continue to believe that for myself. And then I rode all four years at OU. And I had a really good like last few years where I actually won my senior year. I won uh, Crash Bees in Boston which is the indoor rowing national championship as a lightweight. So that was really cool. And then I was considering going elite and trying for like 
national team stuff, but I had to kind of weigh the pros and cons where it was, okay, am I going to put all this money and put my life on pause for something that may or may not happen? Or am I going to go ahead and pursue something that um, I'm passionate about? And so I made that decision and I kind of transformed into a runner because I apparently just like to do things that people don't really love and had some early success in a running. In my second marathon, I ran a 320, which qualified me for Boston. And then like I ran New York City, I was sponsored by Michelob Ultra um, last year. And that was only my first year of marathoning. I was excited to see what was going to happen this year. But you know, coronavirus happened, everything got canceled. So I've had to kind of adjust from there. But a really great thing that's happened is I got hired almost exactly a year ago to be a coach at Solid Rock Training here in Norman, Oklahoma, right outside Oklahoma City. And I'm just, I never thought I would grow up and be like, hey, I want to be a personal trainer. I want to be a group fitness coach. Like, that's not something I've said growing up, but it's exactly what I needed. And it's definitely been my purpose in life. So getting to be around fitness for my hobby as well as my career has been just an incredible thing. Yeah. Well, what I love about your story too is just how much you've pivoted, but you still keep fitness just center in your life. And so one thing that I kind of want to go back to is when you you got recruited for soccer, which is amazing. And I know that it didn't work out with that one specific school. But when that offer did fall through, and you had to reevaluate everything, what made you decide to just leave soccer behind, go towards rowing versus just trying to find another school for soccer? Um, well, I think I had just had enough at that point, I had a really rough recruiting process. Full disclosure, like I for a little while, I was like, I'm just gonna go be a NARP at another school, which for anyone that doesn't know what that means, that means non athletic regular person. So I was like, I'm just gonna go be a normal person out of school. And anyone that knows me knows that I, I'm that's not possible. I can't do that. I need some sort of competitiveness in my life. So I was just kind of like fed up with soccer. I'd kind of gotten a little bit burnt out for how much I put into it. And then rowing came along and like I just had a lot of really early success in it. Then it it just kind of like all fell into place. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you've had really early success though with all of these different things. Like even within your first year of marathon training, like you qualified for the Boston Marathon. So do you think that you've been choosing sports and been choosing activities that you know you can really succeed in? Or are you just finding where you're passionate and then the passion is leading you to improve? Um, pro- okay, honestly, probably a little bit of both. Like I'm not, I'm not someone to turn down a challenge, but like I'm going to choose something that one I know I can do well because like I like to do well but then also I am very passionate about endurance sports something about it is it just draws me in and I love to be in that pain cave suffering for hours at a time I know that's very weird and probably not something that a lot of people like to do but for me that brings joy and then I've struggled with mental health issues like depression and anxiety since I was about 12 years old and kind of fitness and endurance athletes or endurance sports have kind of helped me stay level over the years. 
Yeah, I'd like to talk about that a little bit more if you don't mind. Um, Because I know that you have been posting a lot more recently too about the training with your mental health. So is that why exercise is so important to you? Do you think that this is a good release of all that anxiety? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember growing up, especially like, like high school years, I uh, was I struggled a lot. Because like middle school, I had kind of like gained some weight from I was taking steroids for some health stuff. And then usually so I grew up as a military kid. So I usually moved every two and a half to three years. And so kind of the end of middle school was that two and a half, three year mark. And I mentally was like, hey, start to withdraw yourself, you're gonna If you get attached, you're going to hurt yourself because you're not going to see these people again. But then I didn't move and I had started to withdraw myself and nobody was like really, I guess, mean to me. It was just I had withdrawn myself. So I stopped getting invited to things and that kind of like bummed me out a little bit. And it was a lot of subconscious stuff. And that's when I started to really become more introverted and rely on myself. But with that came a lot of anxiety and depression and Anytime my mom or dad would notice that I was in a mood, they would be, hey, go for a run. That was normally what would happen is, hey, go for a run. Because I knew that's what made me feel better is getting those endorphins and getting that anxiety out. And I'm really glad that they did that. So now that kind of instilled a healthy outlet for me instead of resorting to alcohol or partying or eating or anything, my outlet when I'm having a tough time is go sweat, go move. And that has honestly been like a huge lifesaver. Like if I just lose motivation, I guess, um, when things happen. And so yeah, definitely sweating and moving has been what keeps me sane. And even to this day, I'm 24 years old and like I still struggle, especially recently. If you've seen my Instagram posts, um, I kind of opened up about stuff. And during the coronavirus, I know the quarantine got to a lot of people and a lot of people were struggling. So I wanted to share my story and how like, honestly, I've been struggling with going out and doing my marathon training. It wasn't out of, I didn't like to work out. It was, oh, this is an obligation. And so I started to cut myself back from I didn't go on group runs I didn't run the full distance I was supposed to because I was trying to like you know reignite that that flame within me get that passion started because if I was doing something out of obligation I was gonna not enjoy it and so I kind of had to like get a little bit easier on myself and over the past like probably two or three weeks it's been better I've actually like gone out for runs and enjoyed it which has been awesome and finding other ways to sweat as well. So then I'm not like burning myself out in something that I'm passionate about, like running. Yeah, no, I love that you found that. And as you said, like, it is the best way, like it's the healthiest way instead of other coping mechanisms. And then also too, with coronavirus going on, you know, everyone's had to pivot in some way. And you realize what about health and fitness you enjoyed. So you're able to still do that and incorporate that into your routine which I think is super important. Yeah, no, I've had to definitely change things up because for a while, like our gym was closed for about two months. So we were having to do, we were doing Zoom online classes. So I was doing that, which at my gym, we usually don't do the workouts with the class. We spend a lot of time coaching form because being OCD about form is what we're known for and keeping you healthy. So I was actually doing the workouts, which 
in a way was like kind of a good thing. It was forcing me to do some strength work, which I know my body needed. And then I was actually able to run a little bit more because when I'm marathon training and coaching, I'm averaging 15 plus miles a day on my feet. And that's with only doing like a short run. So I've had to pivot my my uh, training schedule a little bit because I'm already doing so much act- other active things. But I've been able to add in like the bike. And now that it's summertime, I've been counting like a day in the pool as a form of active recovery, um, taking my dog on a walk. Because if anyone knows me, they know how much I love my dog. He actually ran a half marathon. Uh, I trained him back in February and he ran one. So yeah, no, definitely like being able to pivot and give yourself grace is really important, especially in fitness, because it can get very boring if you do the same thing over and over and over again. And then you lose that passion. I think that's where a lot of people struggle is they'll get really excited about this workout routine and it'll last a week and it's not exciting anymore. And so being able to be okay with changing things up and knowing that variety is important and um, essential. Yeah, because I love the points that you brought up that you included as exercise, like walking your dog, going for a swim. Like, it doesn't have to be at a gym. It doesn't have to be a prescribed training plan. Like, those little things count as exercise, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I I used to, like, be a little bit over the top where I'd, like, work out for and sweat for hours. But now that, like, I am getting, like, a little bit older and, like, more mature in that aspect where I'm, like, hey, today my body's tired. That's okay. I'm just going to go for a walk. I'm going to go for a swim. I'm just going to roll out my foam roller and stretch on the ground. And I've come to terms that that's okay because your body, you have to listen to your body because sometimes your body's smarter than your mind. And, like, today my body's really tired. My feet hurt. My legs are literally aching. So as much as I mentally want to go on a run or want to go on a walk or whatever, I know that I need to actually spend time sitting today. And if you would have told 18-year-old Twist to do that, she would have ignored you and just gone on a 15-mile run out of spite. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's super important too, just listening to your body. So I want to talk a little bit about your nutrition now, because obviously when you are training for a marathon, you more or less have a training plan. But what about your diet? How much thought do you give into what you're eating? So nutrition is something that I've had to pivot a lot with. In addition to kind of anxiety and depression, I, when I was probably 13, 14, I struggled with a little bit of an eating disorder. Um, I went from like 150 pounds down to like 115. And I noticed one big thing, this is like the big click for me with nutrition is I was getting lighter and I thought lighter meant faster and I could move better. But food is energy, food is fuel. And so it kind of clicked with me right there where I was like, I need to eat in order to perform because my performance was more important to me than my appearance. And so when I'm training a lot, like being able to eat enough is a big thing because I will like easily burn like 1500 to 2000 calories a day, active calories, not including like my basal metabolic rate, which is what your body burns just to stay alive. 
So I, I eat a lot of the same things because I know that they work for me because I have a very sensitive stomach. So I know what works for me. I'm also kind of picky. So like normally my breakfast will either be oatmeal with um, some berries in it or I'll do um, some eggs with turkey bacon. For my lunches lately, I've been loving these sandwiches I've made where it's Dave's Killer Bread, which is, I told myself I wouldn't spend $4.50 on bread, but I did it. And I put in that with a chicken, avocado, and everything bagel seasoning. And that's been delicious. I also sometimes eat that for dinner as well. But my meals, like knowing how active I am all the time, I don't like to eat big, heavy meals. I eat like smaller, snacky type meals because that works for me. But my advice to anybody on here is nutrition is not one size fits all. It's very specific to you. So there's a lot of experimentation that needs to happen. So you try something and you notice your body feels great, but you try something else and you feel terrible and have really bad stomach pain. Then you kind of know what what starts to work for you and what doesn't. Yeah, like I play around a lot with it. And at the gym that I coach at, I kind of preach to my members. It's it's never a diet. It's all about like lifestyle changes. And we don't really teach diets and stuff like that. We teach, we're more habit-based. So it's giving people the skills that they need to make healthy choices. So it's like, if you're going out to eat and there's something you really want, it's okay to get it. Just get it in moderation. Know that you're kind of planned for it and be able to make that one choice where it's like, I really want this. And then the rest of your meal is um, clean. So it's just more habit-based and developing those skills because I don't like how restrictive diets are. They create unhealthy relationships with food and food is meant to be enjoyed. Food is fuel, fuel, fuel is energy. And so people that are really skinny through like a lot of, a lot of time eating disorders, they have an unhealthy relationship with food and it's all about coming into the middle and being okay with, Hey, I'm going to treat myself tonight. I've been really good this week. Just don't go over overboard with it. Don't let all your hard work go to waste, but know that it's okay. I love the part that you mentioned too about like you used to be super skinny and you were restricting yourself, but those like few pounds, like those five pounds that you needed to gain, like that was the difference between performing at your best and feeling good about yourself and just feeling like shit. And so it's like, okay, would you rather be on one end of the spectrum where you're constantly worrying about it or allowing yourself a little bit of that freedom in order to be happy with where you're at? Mm -hmm. It's all about that balance. It really is. Cause like, I remember um, when my senior year, like as I was contemplate um, going lightweight, cause I could easily get down to the lightweight weight for the single, which for people unfamiliar with rowing for lightweight women, like the maximum weight is 130 pounds. And so if you're rowing in a boat by yourself, that's what you would weigh. But if you're in a team boat, that means if you're rowing with one or more um, people, then all of you have to average 125 pounds. And I knew myself and I told my coach, I was like, I'm, I can only do the single because I know that I will not perform if I drop any more weight. And so I thought that was a big win for me where I kind of like set that restriction for myself. I was like, there's no point in being miserable, cutting all that weight 
in order to not perform very well, where I could be a couple pounds heavier, feel really good and do really well. That was, I for me, a big win where when I was a teenager, I would have been like, oh yeah, put me in. I'm going to cut all the weight. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that is a huge win. That's awesome to hear. Going back to your diet, like you said, some sample lunches you have, and they're really nutrient-dense meals that you have. Is that just something that, once again, you experimented with and you like, or are you actively counting macros and actively counting calories? Oh, yeah, I I do not count calories, (laughs) but I used to. So I worked with the nutritionist when we were at OU. I worked with her a few times, especially when I was cutting weight because I didn't want to lose my muscle mass. One of the things that she talked to me about, which really clicked, was for the time being, I used um, my fitness pal and I tracked the calories, I tracked my protein, all of that stuff. But then after a while, I stopped using it because I didn't want to, she's like, you don't want to rely on a fitness, like a counter for your body. You want your body be, to be able to tell you the signals of, I need more protein, I need more carbs. And so I kind of like ditched the counting calories and counting macros once I felt comfortable and once I knew I could rely on my body and I've gotten to the point where like I'll wake up and I'll be like I'm craving vegetables and for me that's a sign of I haven't I haven't eaten enough so it's like being able to really not only listen to your body but actually hear it and give it what it's need what it needs because your body is smart your body will tell you a lot of different things know know when to kind of pivot there again. So it's okay to use those macro counters, calorie counters, all that stuff. But I challenge people to like after a while, kind of let your body navigate. It's a lot less work. And you become a lot more in tune with your body. Like I I can like get through the day and like I never weigh myself anymore. But if I do, it's like probably every six months or so. And with that, my weight has not changed at all. I feel the same. I feel stronger. That's my challenge to everyone is if you are counting calories or if you are counting macros, that's okay. Just try to give your body a chance to give you the signals of what it needs. Yeah, I love that advice too. Like you started with it and definitely you can start to kind of have a baseline, but the end goal isn't to count calories forever. It's to correlate that with how your body's feeling and then just rely on your body from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I it's it's a tool to be used. It's a resource, but it's really important for people to not just rely on those resources, but to learn those skills. And listening to your body is a skill. A lot of people in today's society, they just ignore everything that their body has to say. Like if they're struggling, they're going to ignore it. They're going to push it down and they're going to go out for a drink and just ignore it where it's like you have to acknowledge what your body says, whether it's mentally, physically, and you have to give it what it needs because you're living in your body for the rest of your life. And so you might as well make it an enjoyable experience. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. I agree. (laughs) So this is not a rhetorical question. This is an actual question. But what are you not very good at when it comes to health and fitness? Because with you, like, It seems like, you know, you can just pivot to any sport and you pick it up great and you have all the diet figured out. But what are you personally either struggling with or trying to improve at? I will say lately, for me, what I've actually been thinking about this a lot and I've been struggling with it. I've been thinking back to like 
high school days and college days where I was just fired up to crush any goal and I just wanted to train all day but like I haven't at least recently kind of had that like that edge that like I'm gonna fight for anything and I don't really know why but it's been bothering me it's like I don't really care if I reach a goal right now I don't know if it has to do with all the races getting canceled or what but or maybe it's like I had success early in my career and it's like oh I already qualified for Boston I'm young, I'm fast. So I definitely need to improve on like kind of my mental game. Like I do have a very strong mental game, but for me, I feel like it's been on the weaker side lately. So that, and then what else? I mean, health and fitness related, like strength stuff is not my forte. Like I can't even do a pull-up. I've been working on pull-ups. So I'm not very good at that. <laughs> so to do a pull-up big yeah. goal doing a pull-up like I don't know like I try to embrace everything with open arms and embrace any challenge with open arms I know one thing that like I do struggle with and I'm I've been, as a coach I've been working on it a lot so I, I coach group classes and there's 77 or 20 to 30 people in a class um, approximately depending on corona or no corona so the way our gym works is like we have a workout set out and everybody does the workout on their own and I go around the room and I correct people and I am someone that is terrified of confrontation whether it's positive or negative and so that's like really scary for me so going up to people and being able to correct their form and like feel make me feel like I'm not hurting their feelings or Like, I don't ever want to go up to someone and be like, you're doing it wrong. So that's something that I've been working on. I've had to change my mindset where it's like, I'm not telling them they're doing it wrong. I'm helping them get better. And so it's just kind of like being adaptive and recognizing your weaknesses. um, And you're only as strong as your weakest link. So I guess that's another, that's definitely another weak point. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny that you brought that up too about like correcting people and making comments for the people that you're coaching because that's kind of how I felt starting this podcast too. It's like no one wants unsolicited fitness advice. Obviously, it's different when they're paying you as a coach, but I was like, I want to put this out here not as in like, I know so much more than you, but just trying to help in whichever ways I can, just small improvements. Yeah, no, that's like kind of why I made that recent post about my mental health is Nobody, I was like, nobody wants to hear, hear what I'm struggling with. I I could be wrong there, but you're putting it out there because you don't know who needs to hear this. Cause you don't know, like you could be kind of like really resonating or someone's going to be able to resonate a lot with your, your viewpoint, where you're coming from, because like you were, you were a coxswain in college. So you didn't have to like go run all these miles or whatever, you had a very different role in the boat, which gives you a whole different new expe- uh, perspective um, on things. And then, um, so it's like you're, you have a different viewpoint than a lot of people. And like, you're, you've found like what, like kind of sparks that fire within you. And that's probably exactly what somebody out there needs to hear right now. Um, for themselves to be like oh I feel the same way because you never know like my parents always said growing up it's like 
if um, the answer is always no till you ask. So it's true. It's same thing here. The answer is always no or until you do it. So I love that you're just taking the taking the leap with it. I'm really excited to see where it goes. Very first meeting with you, what's kind of the advice that you give to them as they start their fitness journey? So what I always say for anybody's first class that they come into is, hey, like our workouts are completely beginner friendly. We're going to customize it to your needs. So don't feel overwhelmed. Like the great thing about Solid Rock Training is we have 16 year olds right next to 60 year olds. We have every single age fitness level you can imagine, but going into a gym is very scary for some people. So I always tell them, Hey, take it about 50% of the, uh, of your effort today. Don't try to crush yourself. I'm going to be with you every single step of the way. And so if you need anything, let me know. And then we always like follow up with them after their first workout, their first week, and we just make them feel loved and we make them feel wanted because a lot of people, they're absolutely terrified about coming into the gym. But we sit down and we have those real conversations. We talk about their why. Like, why is it important that you're here now versus six months ago or six months in the future? Why is now the big, like, why is it now? A lot of people, like, if we're in a private area, like, they'll break down and they'll be like, hey, like, if I don't do this, like, if I don't do this, I'm going to die. Or if I don't do this, um, or like though we, I've had people say my husband's cheating on me. I want to look good. And so there's very real reasons to why. And so it's understanding that knowing and giving them the knowledge that like you have their back through everything and that you're available and you are confident that you're going to help them reach their goals. So it's kind of, it's about creating that relationship with them and knowing that they're not alone because fitness is, it's a scary thing for a lot of people and it's a very foreign thing. That is amazing advice. I wish you could be my coach. Uh, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing everything today, Twist. Where can people find you on social media? So I have two social media accounts, actually. One is um, newer that I am going to be, I'm finishing up like planning out the content for it, but it's called at Coach Twist. And then my main account is um, Twist13. Perfect. And that's both on Instagram? Both on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Twist. It was great catching up. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at underscore Emily Kaufman, at underscore Emily Kaufman. Come say hi. Come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you, and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.